The Nation Station, Radio. Perspective is coming up next and on the programme today. Rock the boat, don't rock the boat, baby. Rock the boat, don't tip the boat over. There have been more cruise ship passengers arriving to the Isle of Man in 2019 than any other year. We see this as a more like a, um, a Pier 39 in San Francisco. We don't have a market here right now. We don't even know how to deal with the people that come here. You don't have to pull the tours out of the dusty filing cabinet. We're developing new ones all the time and work very hard at it. The cruise ships that currently come here at the moment, they run a risk. Right now, they have to tender. Bad weather, it happens on the Isle of Man every so often. And we've already had, I think, about five ships that have not been able to tender here to the Isle of Man. Cruise ships on the Isle of Man, what do you reckon? The Nation Station, Radio. Lemai, good day and welcome to this week's episode of Perspective. I'm Dolan Mercer. William King's here. Fast am I, Will. Fast am I, Dolan. Um, and for the past two years in particular, discussions over the potential development of a cruise ship tourism industry have blossomed on the Isle of Man. This from the 26th of November, 2017. There'll be no moves to develop infrastructure for the cruise industry on island until government has the evidence it would be worth the investment. That's according to Enterprise Minister Lawrence Skelly, who was speaking on Manx Radio's Sunday Opinion today. Plans have been mooted for the construction of a fixed deep-water berth in Douglas Harbour to receive the latest cruise liners. Estimates suggest it could cost £40 million. The Positive Action Group is hosting a public meeting on the issue tomorrow evening at the Manx Legion Club in Douglas from half past seven. Mr Skelly has warned that no action will be taken without full consideration of all data available. He says more cruise tourists would benefit the island, but the current harbour and regular bad weather means we're an unreliable port of call. There is evidence of that, albeit relatively anecdotal at the moment, where people are coming back to the Isle of Man and they are spending these higher spends when they return to, to the Isle of Man. But the cruise ships that currently come here at the moment, they run a risk. It's already highlighted the revenue they generate from the, uh, the excursions. Right now, they have to tender. Bad weather, it happens on the Isle of Man every mm-hmm. so often. And we've already had, I think, about five ships that have not been able to tender here to the Isle of Man. So our numbers are down. Therefore, our economic benefit of this has actually gone no. down. That was the Enterprise Minister Lawrence Skelly, introduced by Ewan Gorn. And if we fast forward to the 9th of March 2018... The Infrastructure Minister admits there is much work ahead if the Isle of Man is to attract more cruise ship visitors. Plans for a deep water berth at the Victoria Pier in Douglas have been announced by his department. The project, which is subject to Tynwald approval, would cost £11 million and forms part of an £80 million scheme to work on seven different areas of Douglas Harbour in all. This is all included in the government's new harbour strategy, which covers the island's five main ones, Douglas, Ramsey, Peel, Port Erin and Port St Mary. Infrastructure Minister Ray Harmer says there's a lot to figure out. 
We don't have a market here right now. We don't even know how to deal with the people that come here right now. So, for example, even uh, what we're hoping to, that would be developed if we got three and a half thousand passengers on the ship, where would they go? Where how many buses would we need? You know, horse tram can take twenty three of them. Uh, MER can take another fifty. So we actually have to start building up the rest of our offering on the island to actually take the cruise cruise passengers. That was Infrastructure Minister Ray Harmer speaking in March last year, again introduced by Ewan Gorn. But so-called experts in the cruise tourism industry have maintained a more positive view. This is from January 2017. A deep-sea cruise berth and terminal on the island will pay for itself in five years. That was the message delivered by an expert in the industry to politicians and businesses. Cruise Britain chair Angie Redhead has seen the positive impact of a new cruise terminal in Liverpool, where she's the cruise manager. She says a £50 million investment in the fastest-growing sector in tourism will bring benefits galore. To my knowledge, Isle of Man was built on shipping as well. You know, it's a, it's a maritime island. There's obviously the economic impact just from the vessels bathing alone, but then all of the additional impact in the retail, the leisure, the leisure spend. But I think there's a, a, another angle, which is the civic pride that people feel, certainly, uh, without a doubt, in Liverpool. It, it ships, passenger ships back on that river is a tangible symbol of the regeneration of the city. That was Angie Redhead speaking to Manx Radio in January 2017. So what do you think? Can you picture a Douglas Harbour with big cruise ships? Get in touch, you can text us on 166-177. But from one cruise tourism specialist to another, in May 2018, Isle of Man Maritime was officially launched. The not-for-profit group, which is a reinvention of the Isle of Man Shipping Association, aims to provide the maritime cluster and raise the island's global profile. At the launch, those attending were given a presentation by Pat Ward on the impact of cruise tourism on Dublin's economy. Mr Ward is the head of cruise tourism at Dublin Port Company. He told Chris Cave a bit more about his visit. Well, I have the great privilege of being invited to the Isle of Man uh, in my capacity, obviously, as head of cruise tourism for Dublin Park Company, but also I've recently taken up the chair of the UK and Ireland region of Cruise Europe. So this is my first formal event in that capacity. So I'm very excited to be here at the launch of the Isle of, uh, Isle of Man Maritime event this evening. So the purpose of my visit is very simple. Um, we share an awful lot of things in common. Uh, most importantly, we share the Irish Sea in common. And we're looking at developing cruise tourism in Dublin, uh, in the Irish Sea and indeed in the Irish region. And it would be our view that the Isle of Man have a significant role to play in that, in putting together itineraries uh, in order to give variety and enhance the experience for the cruise passenger when they come into the Irish Sea. And uh, you mentioned it there, we share the Irish Sea. How important is it then for Isle of Man Maritime to be building relationships with people such as yourself? Well, um, I, I was looking on some of your websites yesterday and indeed I seen on Facebook a cruise ship in the distance uh, and passengers on the shore side waving goodbye to the cruise ship. But not only were they waving goodbye to the cruise ship, the cruise ship in fact couldn't get into the Isle of Man so it was passing you by. If we take Dublin for instance this year, uh, we have 151 cruise ships calling to Dublin and they range from the small to medium to the quite large cruise ships. 
and that is estimated to bring between ship passengers and crew 270,000 people which is estimated spend in our local economy of 50 million euros so it's a significant revenue stream from a, a tourism perspective. The launch of Isle of Man Maritime is this evening. You're obviously concerned with uh, the cruise ship industry as well. Are all the issues um, that, that the Isle of Man Maritime and yourself face, is that a common theme that spreads across the British Isles? I was listening to Mark earlier in his interview and indeed I think he's absolutely correct in his view that uh, port infrastructure is a slow burner um, and indeed port infrastructure is something that you plan uh, in Dublin's case we're planning port infrastructure out to 2040 and in fact how we would go from handling presently around 35 million tonnes of goods to 70 million tonnes of goods over uh, that uh, 20 year period or so. And obviously uh, we run a business and we run a port and it's a very busy port. And you try to develop your infrastructure with having minimal, if any, impact on your existing customers. In that sense, we have over 8,000 ships that will come into Dublin this year. From that, 151 of them are cruise ships. And part of the infrastructure that we're developing is obviously uh, to facilitate and develop our cruise tourism, but it's also for a multimodal facility because we have more ships that are not cruise ships than are cruise ships in that sense. But the cruise ships are vital to the local tourism economy from the spend that they bring into the cities of the towns that they visit. I'm sure uh, there are many, many more cruise ships that head to Dublin uh, than the Isle of Man, but is it still equally important that the Isle of Man government invests in its maritime industries? Well, if we look to the future, and uh, in Dublin context, we're presently developing the home port. And we've seen uh, this year the first of the major cruise lines calling Dublin home for a cruise season, and that was Celebrity Eclipse. Uh, and they're doing five full turnarounds. That's 14,000 people that will fly into Dublin and will start and end their cruise in Dublin. And that's estimated just to be worth over 1 million euros per cruise to the economy. As we develop uh, our home porting product, there is a golden opportunity for every other port in the Irish Sea to benefit from that. Because if you look at the short transit, whether it be from Cork to Dublin, Dublin to the Isle of Man, to Liverpool to Greenock or Belfast, it's a short steaming time and the ships make money. Plus, I had the, the pleasure this afternoon of getting a, a guided tour of the Isle of Man and it is a really unique and enhanced offer that you have. And I think that a number of crews tourism visitors would fall in love uh, with the Isle of Man. We describe Dublin as the jewel in the crown in the Irish Sea. Well, after my visit to the Isle of Man today, I'd very much describe the Isle of Man as the hidden treasure on the Irish Sea. That was Pat Ward, their head of cruise tourism at Dublin Port Company, speaking to Chris Cave in May last year. And 2018 was to be hugely successful for the cruise industry on the island. In fact, a record year for the island on that front. 24 liners called into Douglas compared to 2017. Passenger arrivals were up 31%, all coinciding with some of the best weather in living memory, of course. So, as the capital welcomed ashore its final visitors of the year, cruise consultant to the government, Shona Duggan, reflected on what she says has been an amazing season. The passengers have absolutely loved the island. We've had quite a few who want to return to the island, uh, some for holidays, some for independent travel, and some actually to relocate to the island, which has been amazing for us. 
So you, you get quite a lot of feedback from people who are visiting then, from the sounds of things? Invariably, yes, we do. Uh, so so we, we record that and uh, we, we send it back to the cruise lines and we ask for more feedback. And, and looking ahead to next year as well, it's, it's forecasted that 2019 will be even bigger and better. Um, quite a lot of bookings in place already, yes. I believe. We have almost 40 bookings. So when I started uh, one and a half years ago, we had 15. We're up to 40 for next year, and we also have bookings ahead for the, for the next years to come. So the island is definitely the, the place that people want to, to come to. Um, the cruise lines are looking for new destinations, and this is absolutely one of the places they want to come to. Do you, do you have much in the way of, um, of statistics at, at this point to, to kind of showcase how, how this year has, has gone? So for this year, we've had 24 calls officially, but uh, a, a couple snuck in along the way. Uh, for next year, we have um, possibly 38 to 40 calls, and then we're looking at 20 again for the, the next year. And that's just the, the start of it. So uh, we're, we're looking to develop the industry, and, and they're all looking towards us. And, and how, how does the Isle of Man sort of market itself as a cruise destination? Uh, we, we look to the, the Celtic Viking theme, also our local produce, um, our, our very warm welcome that uh, they all receive, which is world-renowned now, which is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing really well. And is that is that sort of put across through advertising? Is that through to sort of cruise agencies themselves? How, how, how's that structured? It, it comes via the cruise consultant, really, because we... we deal directly with the, the cruise lines so our relationship building which takes a few years which is starting to come across now has worked really well um, they're coming directly to us now so we, we just develop those relationships just casting our minds back a little bit to, to May um, we heard from Pat Ward who came over and um, he's the head of cruise tourism for Dublin ports and uh, chairman of the UK and Ireland region of cruise Europe he had quite glowing praise actually I think for the for the island's offering um, the sort of final term he used with us is that it was a bit of a, a bit of a hidden gem uh, in, in the Irish Sea so how, how, how much can you draw upon the experiences and the, and the expertise of, of perhaps neighbouring larger ports too? We are working very closely with Cruise Europe and Cruise Britain so Pat Ward and also uh, Dublin uh, Pat is very interested with the turnaround ports because that's what he's working on now to try and push business our way for the Isle of Man. Um, for Orkney, we're working very closely with Michael Morrison. Um, and also for Liverpool, we, we have very close relationships with everyone around the Irish Sea and further afield. So we're, uh, yeah, we're working very closely with them. That was Shona Duggan there from Cruise Isle of Man speaking in September last year in a busy sea terminal. Just a flavour of some of the things that have been said over the past couple of years about the cruise tourism industry on the Isle of Man. We'll have more from Shona coming up shortly. The Nation Station, Radio. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the cruise tourism industry on the Isle of Man. And we have had one very useful comment come in, actually, to the studio. So thank you to Albert for this. Uh, William King, over to you. Yes, thanks, Albert. Um, reg- regarding cruise ships visiting the Isle of Man, the first question anyone should be asked before they express their opinion, and especially if they claim to be an expert, should be, did you attend the Positive Action Group meeting on cruising cash cows, perceptions and misperceptions, held in the Manx Legion on Monday the 27th of November last year? 
Albert says that the objective presentation gave a rather different impression regarding the economic value of cruise ships than is generally being claimed. Whatever we are doing just now must be about right. We should leave things as they are and allow the industry to grow organically. There is no need for grandiose schemes. And thank you very much, Albert, for raising that point. We did hear the Enterprise Minister, Lawrence Skelly, uh, just mention that meeting uh, in November 2017. But of course, there have been plans this week in principle for some some slightly larger schemes. We'll come to that in a bit. But thank you, Albert, for that. Any more comments to come in on this, please do get in touch. Studio at manxradio.com. Well, in September last year, Cruise Isle of Man announced a record number of passengers coming to Manx shores. Meanwhile, elsewhere, Liverpool was planning a dedicated cruise terminal, whilst Dublin had started developing a so-called home port to rival Southampton. I asked Shona Duggan of Cruise Isle of Man if there was an opportunity for the island to seize upon given the developments in our neighbouring ports. Absolutely, and that's what we're, we're trying to work towards. So when, when we have Dublin or Liverpool, whatever, whatever cruise hubs we have now, they are all talking to us to, to try and do a turnaround. So they, they turn around in Dublin, for example, they send the ships over here and then we obviously look after them and then we send them back. Uh, so we're, we're making quite a lot of money from that. So I, I suppose, I suppose the, the, the big question, what, what kind of value is this, is this bringing to the island? Value-wise, we have um, produce going on board, we have entertainment going on board, we have harbour dues, we have uh, the, the guides, we have an awful lot coming onto the island that possibly people don't see. Um, also the purchase ashore, which you probably wouldn't see, but uh, while people don't believe that people are spending ashore, we're looking at about £85 to £90 per head. The sort of appeal of a cruise, perhaps, or certainly for lots of people, is that you have this sort of inclusive package whereby your your accommodation is covered, your uh, your food, your your drink, your entertainment often is is sort of contained in 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 one package. So, what incentives are there then for passengers to be spending uh, at each destination, whether that be the island or or elsewhere? The passengers that are coming to the Isle of Man are interested in local culture and, and getting ashore and, and having a look around and just learning a wee bit about wh- what we have to offer here, which ordinarily on, on larger ships possibly you're not going to get because it, it, it's a destination on a ship. So over here we, we encourage people to come ashore, we encourage the, the um, exploration and I also am developing all the excursions for them. So. Um, I would go directly to the ship and say, look, this is what we have to offer, which is possibly something they haven't thought about before, and they are liaising directly with me now. Do you you have an indication as to what sort of proportion of of passengers do come off the boat? Um, Depending on the size of the ship, um, around about 70% at the moment. Right. Uh, So we're working on that to get get more ashore, obviously. Of course, people have to come on to smaller vessels to, to come ashore, um, does that dissuade people perhaps or what, what, what factors come into play? The major factor is if they can come alongside here then obviously they can just step off the ship and they're straight into town, they can come into the sea terminal, they, they find our welcome desk and they find the welcomers who can tell them where to go and, and whatever they want to do we can arrange that for them. If they're tendering then it's slightly more difficult especially if the weather's um, inclement or whatever. Um, so they might choose to stay on board. Rob, I was hoping just to bring you in a little bit at the end here, if possible. Douglas Promenade is, is 
widely build, you said the gateway to the island, the shop window to the island, whichever, whichever you know, phrase you want to use, what, what kind of image of, of the island is, is that presenting to, to cruise passengers coming to visit the island? It's absolutely vitally crucial that we get the image right because it's the gateway. People come off the boat, it's their first experience, but we've got to get the shop window absolutely right. And one of those is, is people able to get off the cruise ship straight onto our harbour. As we've already highlighted, we've got over 12,000 passengers coming to the Isle of Man in 2019. It's not the best ideal circumstance for them to be tended in and out. So we need to get the, the deep water berth built at some point in the near future. I think the cruise industry is, is an add-on to our tourism offering. They make a fantastic contribution and it is increasing year on year. So we need to continue those, those small steps. And I think it's the right approach. Let's not go in with both feet. Let's take the time. Let's inc- rebuild our tourism sector, especially around our cruise industry. That was Shona Duggan of Cruise Isle of Man and Rob Callister there, who is the member of the Department for Enterprise with Responsibility for Tourism, both speaking to me in September last year. During that meeting, I was promised a visit on board one of the cruise ships in Douglas Bay to see what it was all about, really. Obviously, September was right at the end of the season, so my wish didn't quite come true. But fast forward to May this year, and I did get my chance, Friday the 24th of May to be exact. MV Corinthian came to the island 10 times this season. And on one of its uh, trips here, the member for the Department of Enterprise, Rob Callister there, he joined the Cruise Isle of Man team on board for a tour to meet the captain. I tagged along and spoke to the man at the helm, Tino from Croatia. Dobardan, I suppose, is that, is that yes, correct? that's <laughs> correct, absolutely correct, Dobardan. Um, so, so... We're speaking with um, with Tino here. Tell us um, a little bit about about who you are and, and and what you're doing on the Isle of Man. First of all, okay. My name is Tino Borovina. I'm coming from Croatia, from uh, one small li- island named Korsula. My hometown name is Vela Luka, so I'm Islander too. And I'm captain of motor vessel Corinthian, who just visit your beautiful uh, port of Douglas. Yeah, and it's. Um, quite a small ship compared to some of the others you've been aboard. Um, tell us a bit about, about the ship first. Oh, this is the most beautiful ship I've been on, but mo- mostly all ships where I work, they are most beautiful in time I'm on them, <laughs> right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, she's a very nice ship. It's about 89.3 meters long and just 15.3 wide having a draft not more than 4.2 meters, which is very good thing because allow us to come in such beautiful port as Douglas. And uh, uh, she was built in 1990, but, but she was completely refurbished 2015, so it's nice as you can see right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. But before that I was once here as well. I was with another ship, another most beautiful one, and <laughs> <laughs> little bit bigger than this one. Actually, as per Captain Steven, the pilot here, he told me that was the biggest ever come alongside here, that her name was Alexander von Humboldt, yes. And this, this one holds about, about um, 90 passengers, something like that. The previous vessel, a few more. Uh, yeah, it was 600. It's nothing compared to those big ones, but yes, it's much bigger than this one, yes. And that was in, was it 2008, did you say? So you've, um, you've been before and um, experienced a little bit about the harbour here? Yeah, it was 2008, it was about 11 years ago, and uh, the harbour is nice. Now it's a little bit bigger than last time, (laughs) (laughs) and the ship is smaller, of course, but everything else is good. Nice landscape, 
not too much wind. There is a current, but beautiful place to come. And um, where else, so on, on, on this particular journey, um, where did you kind of begin on this boat and, and where are you going next? Okay, we start from Pool. We start from Pool, then we go, the, we went to the uh, Tresco, to Chile Isles, then uh, Fishguard. After Fishguard, we were in uh, Dublin. Mm -hmm. We came here now. And then we go to uh, Belfast, then the Stornoway, Stromness, Aberdeen, and we are ending in Endeburg. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So you get you get quite a, a, a range of different places to visit, I suppose. Um, sounds like the best job in the world, really. You get to go and visit all these places. For me, definitely. I would not change for anything. This is the best job in the world I have, yes. I live my dream. Well, Fala, Tino, and uh, have fun. Thank you very much, and looking forward to seeing you in Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> That was Tino, captain aboard the MV Corinthian, which came here, one of its 10 trips here, I should say, in May. I also, as part of that trip, spoke to several members of staff at Cruise Isle of Man to get their feedback. We've spoken to the captain, we've had a little tour on board, um, had a coffee, <laughs> um, got a bit of an insight. What happens um, in terms of the, the sort of ship's passengers in, in the morning? What, what do they then get up to? Uh, on this particular cruise now that they've come in here, they've off on the tour buses from this morning until back about three o'clock this afternoon. But they have a variety of, of different tours that they go on. Shona will be able to give you more flavor of where they go to, but they have got a, a full program. And in fact, it's quite exciting what they're doing on the steam train this time around. And Shona will tell you more about that. But they will get back here at about half past three, four o'clock. They will then have some lectures, lecturers. We've got two lecturers going on board, telling about the island and its history. And then the ship will leave around about eight o'clock tonight. Maybe if I could come to you, Shona. Um, what's on the itinerary then for people coming to have a look around? Well, they're, they're heading to the south of the island today. They're um, on the steam train. They're taking in Craig Niche. They're also having um, quite a special event today with um, a, a local stonewaller who's going to uh, give them a flavour of how he puts the walls together and uh, something quite different for us. We've never done this before, the cruise line, so it's something we've developed along with the stonewaller and our team. So that should be quite exciting to hear the feedback when they come back to the ship. Mm -hmm. We spoke a bit earlier before we went on the ship. Um, was it 87 passengers on this one? So um, is, that, is that kind of one of the smaller ones across the range of sizes we get in? Yeah, this would be one of our smallest. Um, it's an expedition ship, so she's built to, to basically go up to the Antarctic. So um, she's quite small, exclusive um, ready for all weather type ship. Um, we go up to just over a thousand passengers with the larger ships at the moment. Um, the smaller ones can come alongside, which is easier for us to get them off and onto the buses and away. Mm -hmm. um, also increases the spend when they can get straight off the ship. So it, it gives us more opportunities to get some spend on the island. And the larger ones tender in, so that takes a, a bit longer and a bit more organization. I, I confess that's my first ever time on a cruise ship. I've never been on one and never on a cruise. Um, I guess there's a bit of a responsibility of people on island to, to tailor the experience then to to each ship, would that be fair? Absolutely, I think it's a very important aspect of the whole thing is that we get maximum sort of tours about the island. This is our shop window for the Isle of Man and a lot of people will come back and the, probably one of the most the things I ever get heard about the island is the best kept secret and people love it when they come here. 
we're very, very fortunate. We see them coming off the boat and going back on the boat and are able to talk to them and say, how was your day and all that. And I can honestly say in eight years, I've never had one adverse thing about our island. That's been really, people are absolutely besotted by it. It's really good. You've mentioned that this is the shop window, if you like. Um, obviously, it's hard to do on radio this. We're, we're stood at the Welcome Centre in the sea terminal. So what's people's sort of first impression? What are they greeted with first? I think arriving in the bay is, is very unique around the world. It's, it's a very, like an amphitheatre of our best sort of view of, of Douglas. And people are actually taken aback by that. And particularly today, they came and did a little bit of a cruise around the inside of the bay. Um, but they love it. And the fact that everything is so close here, when they come off the ship, they walk straight into the cruise uh, visitor's desk, their welcome centre, and everything goes out from here. So it's very easy, comfortable to go along. I'll come over to you now, if that's all right. Now, I've been introduced to you as Bash. That's like, is that your real name? Um, my mum would call me Bash, probably. So, yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> um, tell us a bit about, about, about your role, if you wouldn't mind, to start with. Um, well, I work with Shona um, in the cruise operations team. Um, my role principally is putting together the, the tours um, that they do landside, um, and I work very closely with a lot of the local stakeholders, the coach company, um, bus van and Harleman Railways, places like that, the guides, and um, put together a lot of the tours for them and uh, make sure they have a great time. And I suppose if, from the perspective of third-party companies on the Isle of Man, um, it's sort of like guaranteed trade, I guess, because you get people coming off the ships. And how does that liaison work, I suppose? With the likes of the tour company, Tours Isle of Man, obviously they get a lot of work out of the cruise ships coming. Um, the, the guides as well, they're independent. Um, but a lot of the spend like that is missed because it's not seen by the public, um, which is a pity. But a lot of income is generated for the government with the likes of the, the railways and even the bus company, um, when we don't have enough coaches to supply the ships, then normally they will bring in uh, the overflow is catered for with buses. So there's income coming in um, to the island in that way, which is, is great. Shona, on this particular ship, there were 87 people, and did I hear correctly, they're all Americans on this occasion, all, from, all people from America, was that right? That's right. This particular um, cruise line and tour operator focus on the American passengers, but uh, quite often we have splits. We have some ships are half American, half French, for example. Um, others, it's a complete mixture of nationalities. So it's a kind of a, a range of pe- range of places that people are coming from. Do you then, um, similar question to, to earlier, do you then sort of change the experience on island depending on, on what people are looking for, I suppose? We can do. What we 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 operate um, with a standard package, if you like, of or selection of tours, but a lot of the companies are coming directly to us now and asking for more specialised or bespoke type tours. So that's where we step in and with our local knowledge and flexibility, we can make something up for them, which is entirely unique, which is one of our great selling points here. They can come directly to us and they'll get something that nobody else is going to be able to give them. In terms of, um, in terms of age demographics, what, what, are, what are we sort of looking at, or does it vary maybe? On this particular ship? or Well, this ship and, and okay. kind of more generally this maybe? This ship is a, sort of above 50 years of age plus, but it's more of an adventure tourism ship, This, which means fairly active people. Mm-hmm. But some of the ships that come in have age rearing from 35 to 85, you know, um, but uh, 
by and large, because of the, the location where we're at here and the, all the bus tours and the tours that um, Shona and Peter put together, it's very accessible to most people. So it doesn't really deter anything from the, the trip to the Isle of Man. You can have ages of no concern, really. We spoke, you and I, Shona, at the end of last season, I suppose you would call it. First of all, wh- when does the season run from until? This one started on the 11th of April and it runs to the 3rd of October, so it's actually starting slightly earlier and ending, so we're extending it slightly, which is good for the island. And last season, if you like, was pretty record-breaking. Is that, is that correct in terms of the sort of traffic through the island? That's right, yeah. We had, um, in total last season, 24 ships coming in. Um, this year we're just about to smash that again. Uh, last year was a record. This year we're up to almost 50. Um, we have the Corinthian, the ship just now. That's her maiden call today. She's coming in an additional nine times this season. And the Variety Voyager making her maiden call on Monday into Peel. She's also coming another nine times this year to us. So it's, it's pretty outstanding for us this year. Is, so are ships just coming to Douglas and Peel, generally speaking? or? Generally, yes. I mean, we can get them down to the south of the island, so Port St Mary. Um, especially if the weather's bad, we have that option because we have different harbours around the island. We have a fantastic team with us and the pilots, so if the weather looks like it's bad, we can be flexible enough if the ships talk to us that we can make other arrangements. In terms of um, kind of work a bit more long-term, um, obviously last year was record-breaking. It's hoped this year will will be again. I presume that requires a build-up of kind of trust and networking over over a period of time? A lot of the work that um, Shona does when Shona goes to the trade shows is meeting cruise lines, talking to them, and yeah, you're, you're right, it's, it's relationship built, so it takes time to build that. Um, and yes, as you can see, with the numbers that are coming, um, next year also looks very strong. We're looking at probably mid-40s in arrivals next year as well. Um, and bookings are already coming for 2021. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, the future looks bright, and, yeah, it's all relationship-built, so um, it's it's important to keep that and, and build on it. It's interesting that bookings go that far ahead. Quite a lot of advanced planning goes into these things. Yeah, the planning process for the cruise line starts um, probably about two years um, prior to them actually making the booking and arriving here. That goes from the itinerary planning to choosing the destinations, Um, In particular, at the moment, lines are looking for new, different ports, so we actually stand out in that that category, if you like. Um, We're limited, obviously, with the the size of ships we can take, but we're still pulling them in at the moment. Um, We're a great destination. We're unknown to most, so that makes us a surprise. Um, So it's it's always a strength for us. I I remember, I I confess I've forgotten the gentleman's name, but um, I spoke to somebody who was uh, from Dublin who had been part of the process of building up that as a sort of cruise port uh, you know in terms of attracting new tourism and I noticed the Corinthian came from Dublin so is there sort of some secondary benefits to be felt from from um, other ports building too nearby? Absolutely his name was Pat Ward by the That's way right, he's our friend go. Pat Ward from Dublin yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we have a good relationship with Dublin and, and Liverpool and all the surrounding ports to be fair which is part of uh, the benefit of being in Cruise Britain and Cruise Europe, the, the, some of the meetings I go to and I see my colleagues there. Hmm. Um, so yes, and our placement in the Irish Sea, which for us is sometimes quite frustrating because if you look on any cruise mapper and you watch all the, the ships sailing around the Isle of Man but not coming in because they're restricted and they can't, but they want to, 
Um, so yes, our location and the, the success of the other ports around us definitely we benefit from that, but we're still limited because we don't have the, the capacity to bring the bigger ships in. Hmm. That's not to say that we want to overwhelm the island with huge ships. That's not what we want to do, but we could accommodate more passengers. I'm biased because I, I, I was born and grew up here and I'm quite kind of patriotic about the Isle of Man, but um, it was interesting hearing you talking to the captain earlier because you've obviously developed quite a, quite a passion for the island too and, and, and think this is a you know, an attractive place to come, I guess. Absolutely. I first came to the island in 1983, but we only moved to the island 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's just a remarkable place. There's just so much to see and do here. Um, you could actually spend all your annual leave on the island without going off. And that, a lot of people find that difficult to believe. But believe me, this island is that special. Really, really special. And I guess that makes it easier to sell to people. If you hold that view, then you would hope passengers will too? Absolutely. I think it comes from the heart that you can't even rehearse that. It actually is. You actually see it and do it and feel it. You know, and it's, it's a remarkable place. There's so much here. There are a lot of firsts that the, the captain and the, uh, his uh, 2RC, uh, the chief officer, was saying today when we were standing on the quay. They didn't know about you know, the first vote was ever given, and the, the first school for non-people uh, of uh, not no nobility. The grammar school was the first in the, in, the, in the British Isles. All those kinds of things that are firsts on this island is remarkable, and people don't know that. You know, the, the oldest running tram service, the long, oldest steam train in continuous service. I think we've got to sort of advance that because it's a continuous service. It has not stopped. And of course, I have very nearly wanted to say there about the oldest parliament. The story of Tynwald is just an amazing story of how it came about. In terms of um, feedback from passengers then as they're coming to see all of these things, um, are there any particular favourites of things that people like doing? The, the most popular tour that is done is um, involves the steam train and normally Castle Russian. Um, there's been a huge rise in coach tours that are now coming to the island as well. Um, and Castletown actually gets quite busy. So one of the things we've been developing over the last 18 months is starting to spread the cruise passengers and their tours away from the south of the island. We have, we've been very successful this year with getting more to Peel. Um, including the ships actually calling into Peel, which is fantastic. Our next mission is to get more going north as well. Laxey is benefiting, but uh, yeah, get, get them all around the island. The, the whole island is, is a fantastic place to see, so um, yeah, we want to get them all around. Maybe that's it's interesting, because maybe that's my, um, my ignorance a bit about, about sort of cruise holidays, if you like, because maybe there's a perception, rightly or wrongly, people might be just sort of keen to stay in Douglas and not go too far from the boat, but that's, that's apparently not the case. Absolutely not the case. I mean, it's easy for them if, if they have mobility issues or whatever, but even then, um, most of them are happy to come into Douglas because it, it's, it's easy access, but they want to go out and see the island. And that's why we're one of the reasons we're here, to develop the tours and to, to showcase the island because we have the opportunity. And it's working because when the passengers come back and they stop at the cruise desk, there are a lot of questions about how do we move here, what do we need to do to move here, um, when can we come back, how do we get back. So to, to get them out of Douglas and to show them the, the entire island is really, they come back with a really fantastic impression. So that's what we're trying to achieve and, and we're doing it and it's, it's clearly working. I, I guess the litmus test is if you're getting repeat visitors, people who've, who've come and visited before and whether they come again on a cruise holiday or maybe just, just come in some kind of you know, separate circumstance, that's, that's the proof in the pudding, 
Sure. I mean, we, yeah, we receive postcards from, from guests that we've spoken to on their way back to the ship, um, telling us they're coming next year and asking for recommendations of hotels. Um, I have one man who's in the process of selling five of his properties in Cambridgeshire and he's looking at relocating, so he's in touch with Locate Isle of Man. So yeah, um, it, it certainly is a really good vehicle for repeat business if they're independent passengers or coming back on the cruise ships and also for those who want to move over here. You mentioned a bit earlier, and I don't want to dwell on this too much now, but the sort of spend, if you like, people... Uh, per head on the island that's a bit harder to measure maybe is the sort of longer term um like you say repeat business and, and and other things that go on maybe a bit sort of harder to to track perhaps it's notoriously difficult to track however we do know that the spend the spend we capture is possibly underestimated um the spend that we don't capture we we, we can only guess and that includes anything from tips to taxi drivers mm. tips to whoever um, to pieces of jewellery that are small items that go unnoticed. But we have developed our cruise welcome retail scheme, which hopefully should um, draw some passengers to the shops who are engaging with us and offering discounts. Mm -hmm. We will also be talking to them at the end of the season to try and analyse how much spend the cruise passengers actually, how much of an impact that's creating on the businesses. So that should give us some form of, of managing and, and recording what the spend is. That was a bit of an insight into Cruise Isle of Man there. That's from May. You heard there from Aubrey Brooks, from Shona Duggan and from Peter Bashforth. If we fast forward to July... There have been more cruise ship passengers arriving to the Isle of Man in 2019 than any other year. Cruise Isle of Man says from today there have been 8,392 passengers arriving on Manx shores, which breaks the previous record set in 2018. There are still 16 ships left to visit this season. The milestone was reached during the visit of MS Corinthian, one of 10 trips to the island from that particular vessel this year. And we heard earlier that it was predicted 2019 would be a record-breaking year. I caught up with Peter Bashforth to find out if he expected the record to be broken so soon. We kind of forecasted ahead so we knew rough capacities, um, so we knew it would be any time around now that it would actually be broken. But uh, yeah, the percentage of passengers that are actually on compared to the capacity the ships can hold has actually been higher this year than in previous years. So yeah, it's come a little earlier than we expected, so we're delighted. That was a couple of weeks ago now. What's the tally at now? Well, we've just gone through the 9,000 barrier. We're sat at 9,037 passengers so far this year. Um, we've got kind of a quiet month with um, our two little ships, the Corinthian and the Variety Voyager, that are each making multiple trips. They're coming back in the early part of August before we start hitting some bigger ships towards the back end of August. So is there any, any idea how high the number could get before the end of the season? We had originally forecast with every ship coming with maximum capacity, we would get through the 12,000 barrier. Um, they don't arrive with full capacity, so we expect it could get to around 11,000, which would be phenomenal. What's the, the reasons behind that, that uptake or that climb? Um, I think there's a number of reasons behind it. The popularity of the Isle of Man as a destination and the feedback that is being fed back, because cruise lines do talk to each other about the experience they've had. The work we do when we go to the trade shows in talking to them and telling them all about the Isle of Man and the, the different things we have to offer, as Shona always says, you don't have to pull the tours out of the dusty filing cabinet. We're developing new ones all the time and work very hard at it. In fact, today we've been out to Nokalo talking to the team out there about um, developing a tour with them. So it's 
constant progression and reinventing ourselves every time. There's quite a lot of work with other local organisations and sites and tours, that kind of thing, to, to give uh, passengers activities here. Yeah, we work, we work very closely, especially with the likes of Manx National Heritage, Isle of Man Railways and Bus Van and Tours Isle of Man, obviously the Guild of Manx Guides, but we also work with the likes of the Motor Museum um, and other venues where they can take passengers and we do try and spread them out around the island as much as we can. Um, a lot of these cruise ship visits are, are scheduled a year or two in advance, is that right? So do you have any kind of expectations as to what numbers will be like next year? Yeah, currently bookings for next year are slightly down on this year, so it's not going to be a record next year, but we've got 39 bookings already with around 11,800 passengers scheduled, so way up on where we were a couple of years ago. Um, But yeah, slight decrease for next year, but um, bookings for 2021 are already looking very positive. I think we've got about 15 in already for that. Just a quick point on that figure itself. It's measuring... Uh, the, the number of passengers coming into Manx waters rather than the number that sort of choose to disembark, if you like. Do you have any indication as to what sort of proportion do come ashore? Yeah, it's um, the number we provide is the number that actually arrive, not necessarily come ashore. The statistics you'll get from the likes of Clear um, and Cruise Europe and Cruise Britain are that when a ship comes alongside, you'll get about 85% come ashore. If it's tendering, then it's between 70 and 75% of that capacity will come ashore. So the, the ones that come aside, generally, they're the, the sort of smaller ships, aren't they, that are able to get, get right up close? Is that right? Is that what it sort of boils down to? <laughs> yeah, at the moment, we're very restricted on the island, as everyone um, is probably aware. Um, the largest ship we've ever had alongside was 157 metres, which came alongside this year. Um, we cannot get anything bigger than that alongside, so anything else has to go to Anchorage um, and tender in there's a higher likelihood of a cancellation because of the tendering operations. The numbers that we're reaching now, um, well, as you've said at the beginning of the interview, we're hoping to go past 10,000, maybe even towards 11,000. Is it hoped that number can, can grow further and, and how might that be achieved? The, the easy way to make the number grow is um, if the island can provide a berth that is bigger and can bring bigger ships alongside. Um, with that, we'll get a lot more passengers. Um, the statistics show that this year around 200 cruisers will sail around the Irish Sea. We have 47 that are actually going to call here. So we're only getting 25% of what's, what's available. And the ones that aren't calling tend to be ones with a higher number of passengers. So with the infrastructure that's, that's here now, are we kind of getting towards the, the sort of ceiling of what's possible perhaps, do you think? With what's sailing around the Irish Sea this year, um, there were 46 cruisers that were planned that could possibly come alongside on the Victoria Pier and 38 of them booked to call into the Isle of Man. So, yeah, there's not a lot of room for for growth in that current sector. Um, So, yeah, the, the main potential for growth is in larger ships. That was Peter Bashforth of Cruise Isle of Man there speaking to me in July. We have had some messages in. William, I'll come to you for one of them, if you may. Yeah, thanks very much, Dolan. Number ending in 374 has told us, has said, am I missing something? We're shipping people in to travel on loss-making railways and the guides are volunteers. What's the point? Thank you very much for that message and please do keep your messages coming in. You can text us, 16 or email studio at manxradio.com. The Nation Station, Manx.
You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the cruise tourism industry on the Isle of Man. And we've had a message in. William, over to you. Yes, thanks very much. Boris has gotten... Boris has got in touch and said that as somebody who travels on cruise ships and also attended the British Legion talk, he's referring to the Positive Action Group meeting from November 2017, which looked at perceptions and misperceptions of cruise ships. Boris says that as normal, the rubbish talked by both sides is just unbelievable. Only Mr Callister would listen to the statisticians from the University of Nothing Else to do. He needs to travel to Asia and see where the boats dock in ports there and stop pampering to Mr Robertshaw. That from Boris. Thank you very much and do keep your messages coming in. One double six, one double seven, or studio at manxradio.com. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio. We've had lots more messages coming in, all generally relating to one thing. You probably knew this was coming. There were some eye-catching proposals for what we've seen so far in Douglas Bay, which came out this week. Proposals which, in theory, would be able to accommodate any kind of cruise ship from around the world. 1,500 car parking spaces, an entertainment area, a lagoon for leisure craft... Well, Mark Pierce from Ellis Brown Architects spoke to Alex Watton to tell her more. Well, it's nearly 20 acres of reclaimed land off Loch Prom. It's something that we we looked at in 2011 originally as a, an area to reclaim land for a car park to ease the congestion down in town. And it uh, didn't get any, any further than concept at that time. But, you know, promoted a bit of uh, discussion at the time as well. But obviously with all the kerfuffle around uh, cruise ship berths etc and having a bit of knowledge of the depths of the water out there having sailed it I thought well you've got an area here that uh, goes between six and nine meters in depth from chart so obviously you get a bit more water under the keel from there Um, and uh, there's a bit of a problem in town anyway particularly with car parking but we've had over the years a number of clients come to us uh, with regard to looking for uh, areas for skate parks, um, ice skating rink was the last one. Uh, we've we've looked at uh, restaurants. We tried to put uh, a restaurant in the uh, in the crow's nest, but uh, didn't get very far with that one with the government. Uh, so we see this as a more like a um, a Pier Thirty Nine in San Francisco, uh, or, or a, a Key West type approach where. You can have uh, buildings with a backdrop of the of the um, of the Conister Rock, um, with big glazed frontages, balconies, over or uh, with a backdrop of the of the building behind, with two entrances, one either side, and car parking in front. Be absolutely perfect to serve Strand Street. When you compare it with places like San Francisco and Key West, they're not really comparable to the Isle of Man when it terms uh, in terms of tourist footfall. Are they realistic comparisons to be making? Uh, There's a bit of a d- difference in scale. Obviously, their uh, Pier 31 or Pier 39 in San Francisco is absolutely huge and would absolutely dwarf this. Um, but there's absolutely no reason why we couldn't have a proper entertainment area where we have uh, ice skating rink, where we have restaurants and bars with a fabulous view, a fabulous backdrop, um, and solve the problem of car parking in town, which would hopefully solve the problem of all these empty shops. It may have a nice view, but what about the view of it itself? And surely people have some uh, concerns about that. I haven't got that far yet. Well, 
Let's get down to money. How much is it proposed to cost? Absolutely no idea at the moment. No um, idea whatsoever. But the, 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 the likes of 20 acres of land in a prime spot like this would be worth an absolute fortune uh, as a commercial venture. So it would be self-financing. Um, obviously, you've got a car park which pays. You've got buildings that would pay. You've got uh, cruise ships which could either be from a, um, a pier. It could either be fixed. It could be um, on... Uh, columns. There's various ways of dealing with it, um, but the the whole idea was to try and promote discussion around this, not just sort of come up with a finished scheme. Uh, the idea here was that the lagoon would be permanently filled with water, so you, it might only be 600 millimetres depth or two foot depth along the promenade, but it would give a, a 24 hour access um, berth for for visit, visiting yachtsmen, which is. Uh, a big thing here, the, the, our current 24-hour berth is absolutely terrible, noisy, not very nice, in commercial traffic lane. This would be outside of all that. That would attract people to, to the Isle of Man. But if we've got a permanent lagoon filled with water where you can have boats on there all the time, whether it's small leisure craft moored up or whether they're actually using it, um, it would be a great backdrop for the town. Has that not already been served in the Douglas Harbour area? You can't take a little boat out on Douglas Harbour area. There's big ships come in. You said you talked about this in 2011 in its infancy and it's sort of made a comeback now. We're talking about it again. Is this been inspired in any way about the recent plans for Ramsey Marina? Because in so much of its proposal, it seems to have a fair a few similarities, not least because it's supposed to be self-funding in terms of commercial development. Uh, didn't actually think of Ramsey Marina when I did this in 2011. Um, it was uh, The original scheme was actually to create car parking. Um, there is a big problem, as we all know. And uh, where are you going to put a car park? We've been looking at extensions to Shaw's Brow. We've been looking at uh, building car parks elsewhere. None of these, th these things have come off. What we don't want to do is leave empty sites like uh, Lord Street and various others for years upon years and years just doing nothing when we put proposals forward. This sort of thing here would solve the problem of car parking in town and regenerate the town centre because it's where it needs to be. A lot of people you speak to who are proud of the Isle of Man were very proud, especially of the view of Douglas Bay. We certainly say at Manx Radio it's one of the best views in radio, looking out the window. It's this beautiful, fairly empty bay. Putting a car park in the middle of that is a bit it's controversial. Not, it's not just a car park, Alex. Car parking would be part of it. It's, it's nearly 20 acres. Um, a very small part of it would be car parking. An average car parking space takes up 21 square metres, including turning areas. Therefore, 1,500 parking spaces uh, really would uh, be not very much on here. The main thing here is the commercial development with regard to t shops, restaurants, bars, that would bring people to the town centre again. There's too many problems with the town centre, particularly car parking, but also with empty shops. We need. Are they not going to be emptier if you put? No, because you're bringing you're bringing more people into the town centre with the car parking. Uh, you could even there's, there's various other things you could do with this. You can even put the um, the bus stop down there, the uh, the terminal instead of putting it on Law Street. There's lots of ideas you could put here. Uh, say in the past we've had uh, people looking for locations for ice rinks. Um, so there's there's lots of things that could happen if you uh, start something. Uh, Developers will look at it. 20 acres in the centre of town is worth a lot of money. This would be self-financing. You've provided me very kindly with a sort of mock-up of the map and where, where this land would be reclaimed, 19.6 uh, acres, and two silhouettes of uh, what I imagine to be huge cruise ships. 
Uh, now, the scale of those, I mean, it's, it's taking up, one would take up the size of uh, North and South Quay in Douglas. Again, this is a pretty controversial proposal to bring any size ship to the Isle of Man. Is it? I thought that's what we were trying to promote. Do you think there's the market out there? Do you think people on giant cruise ships are, are keen wow. to come to the island? I was reading a, a, an article the other night about Orkney, about being the uh, the, the biggest cruise destination um, in the um, in this part of Europe. Um, I think we can easily compete with Orkney. Critics of the cruise tourism industry on the island have argued one that it's of actually very little economic value to the island with only a certain amount of people disembarking and spending money they've also argued about the environmental impact of uh, so many vessels coming into our shores with record numbers this year alone is this not capitalizing on something that's already getting a little bit too much I'm leaving the argument about whether we should have cruise ships or not to other people. That's a politician's job, not mine. But you're planning to build something that yep, would facilitate I'm, them. I'm, I am, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, that's part of the, the scheme. It's not just cruise liners. Um, this will create a 24-hour berthing facility for yachtsmen. Um, but at the same time, if we weren't to put a cruise uh, berth here, the idea of, of creating or uh, reclaiming land in that area would be a great idea to solve some of the problems in the town centre. What about dredging? How much would you have to do? Uh, there is no dredging. At all? No. You're, you're, you're uh, um, under uh, keel, or your, your depths here are between six and nine metres. The uh, Obviously, your listeners can't uh, can't see this map. you have to log on while I'm talking about it. We'll have it. it on the Manx Radio website. That sounds good. Um, you can see from the, the depths that I've shown, this is an overlay on a, a, a Admiralty chart, which indicates between six and nine metres depth in that location. Now, uh, there is a big problem on the on Douglas Bay anyway, with all the uh, the silt build up against the the promenade, which obviously has caused a lot of the over overtopping with with wave on wave action. Um, part of the reclamation here, obviously, you need material to reclaim, as we did when as they did when they did uh, the West Quay uh, boatyard. Um, they put lots and lots of material in, and then build the walls around it. Now, if you were to take all the material off the off the promenade, or the pebbles and and a lot of the uh, the mess that's down there and take the levels back to when I was a deck chair hand back in 79 uh, selling deck chairs that the, the actual sand was a lot lower than it is now take all that and put it here and let's reclaim it as you said you're not sure on money yet these are just ideas and preliminary plans ultimate concept, concept. what is the next step for you oh um, well we tend to do these things and um, probably put some more detail onto the uh, the 19.6 acres of re reclamation area to indicate car parking, indicate where we could put restaurants and bars and do a bit more work to that. I'm not overly concerned about the cruise ship side, side of it. That can That's just a pier at the end of the day. Across the Isle of Man, you'd probably say the Douglas has the biggest footfall already in terms of commercial development and uh, investment, especially as we can see right now that the prom is undergoing a huge refurbishment. Is this the best place to get further footfall? Is there not other places in the island that could really benefit from more investment? No, we need to regenerate Douglas Town Centre. Is that not already being done? Nope, no car parking. We, we need car parking. Uh, there is a big problem on the promenade. We need something like this. We need to find places uh, to create the, the spaces, the car parking spaces, the buildings, and the type of environment we want in the Isle of Man. And this is ideal for it. Have you been in touch with government at all on this yet? No, no. Are you going to? No, no, but they know my number. 
Well, of course, proposals are always welcome to come in, privately funded uh, proposals. So is that the eventual aim? Um, we'll see. I'm obviously talking to some people about it. And we were saying before that you've had a lot of attention uh, on your social media platform, of course, where this plan first sort of materialised. What has been the reaction so far? Uh, more than 12,000 hits within less than 24 hours. Um, lots of comments. I love some of them. Um, a friend of mine put, uh, is it April the 1st? I really like that one. Um, but uh, it's all good uh, discussion and that's what we need. That was Mark Pierce of Ellis Brown Architects there speaking to Alex Watton. Any thoughts? Get in touch on 166-177. One man who has is Adam. Will, what's he had to say? Thanks, Dolan. Yes, Adam's come in with quite a lengthy message, but I will read it in full. The concept suggested by architects last week involving the construction of a deep water pier and new marina between the proposed pier and Loch Promenade was an excellent idea. It's absolutely fantastic that we have cruise ships coming to the Isle of Man and we should be doing everything we can to grow the industry. The Minister for Infrastructure's comments last year seemed unduly negative and I think we should ask why we have a Minister for Infrastructure with such a negative approach. Government should do everything it can to facilitate facilitate the construction of infrastructure which will allow the cruise ships to berth. Ray Harmer's attitude that we don't know what to do with tourists when they arrive and don't have facilities to deal with them is parochial, damaging and obstructive. Once the government provides infrastructure to allow cruise ships to berth, businesses will adapt organically to provide and cater for the visitors. By creating the infrastructure to facilitate the cruise industry, the government could give smaller businesses freedom to flourish. By adopting a negative approach and finding barriers to cruise industry development, Ray Harmer stifles potential. Rob Callister is much better and a much better politician. He should be Minister for Infrastructure. The cruise industry is a huge boom for Douglas and the Isle of Man. It is fantastic that cruise ships are choosing to come here. That comes from Adam. Thank you, Adam, for that. Graham has also been in touch to say your guest has declined to address what's surely an obvious and overwhelming defect in his proposal, specifically how his proposed structure will obstruct the iconic view of the Tower of Refuge from the promenade and elsewhere. Thank you, Graham, for that. Please continue getting in touch. Studio at manxradio.com. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. You're listening to Perspective on Manx Radio and we're talking cruise ships this week. We heard Adam call for Rob Callister to become the infrastructure minister there. Well, he's currently, of course, in the Department for Enterprise as the member with responsibility for tourism. I spoke to him earlier this week on this and asked him if record numbers of passengers this year represent a concerted effort to increase that figure from within government. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I think we've been very fortunate this year about the number of people who want to call in. It is what we would consider to be a spike, so I would expect a a fall next year. Um, But it's welcome um, for the Isle of Man in respect of our cruise industry. I mean, the cruise team themselves do an amazing job with an army of volunteers. And as you say, we have actually pushed... I would say maybe possibly even pushed our luck because we are penciled in for 47 cruise ships to visitors during 2019. That was forecast to be around 12,500 visitors. That may fall slightly when we consider taking into consideration weather and everything else. That's on top of you know 7,200 um, crew as well that come on shore and visit our attraction. So yeah, I think it's been an amazing year so far and I think we've still got a lot of visits um, to, to happen. Um, but this couldn't happen 
happen without the, the, the support of an army of volunteers and the cruise um, team themselves that work very, very long hours. So I wouldn't want to push it too far at this stage, but from what we've actually achieved over the last four or five years, uh, everybody involved in this sector can be very proud of their efforts. What sorts of things, what work has been done to try and boost those numbers? Where's it come from? Well, it's not about um, boosting those numbers. It's about making people aware that we're here and um, that you know they can consider calling into us and, and actually selling what the Isle of Man has. I mean, we have some great attractions and I've never heard a negative comment when people come here and look at all the different attractions you know we talk about our, our electric railways our steam railways Laxey Wheel House of Mananan you know even just going to places like Castletown and Peel and just wandering around I mean we've got a beautiful island here I think we've got the balance right that we're not overpopulating our cruise visitors onto our island, which enables our other visitors to enjoy the attractions as well. And it is about getting that balance right of actually telling people that we're here, putting on the best experience we can for those um, shore excursions, and um, just trying to, to sell the Isle of Man, encourage people to come back for a longer ho- holiday at a later point. You say telling people we're here, so has there has there been marketing specifically to cruise passengers well not to passengers but what we do is we attend um, various events throughout the year and as i say shona and bash and others within the cruise team um, go to those um, sort of conferences and venues to sell the isle of man cruise industry and we work very hard um, with um, cruise lines to actually say what we have to offer here the, there's industries growing up on the back uh, on the back of this industry which is absolutely fantastic news. You can see it where a lot of people are now obtaining blue badge guides to actually to walk, take people around the island to show off the Isle of Man. I've never seen um, a negative comment by any of the staff that or volunteers that work with us on our cruise. Everybody's got a smile on the face. It doesn't matter if it's six o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock at night. They are so welcoming. They help people. And I've gone down myself. You you have as well, Dolan. You've witnessed it. Um, it's it's a fantastic experience. And I personally, as the political member, love going onto these ships, saying hello to the crew, having a look around at the facilities, trying to speak to some of our visitors, finding out um, why they come to the Isle of Man, what are they looking to achieve. Some of them just come because for a particular reason, they want to do a horse tram, they want to do an electric railway, or they just want to know where their ancestors came from. That's quite a common one. They want to know where, you know, a family member once lived here. They've now lived somewhere else, but they've just come back to to have that connection. So we're very, very proud here. And I still think we've got a lot that we can um, nurture from this industry, but we're doing it the right way slowly, but also not losing the quality. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about is the spend per head for cruise passengers because that's one of the things that a lot of uh, sceptics, if you like, if I can use that word, of the cruise industry sort of point to and they say, well, these are all inclusive packages, people are getting fed on board, watered on board. What benefit is it to the Manx economy? Cruise Isle of Man's figures this year, um, of the of the spend that they're aware of, so that doesn't include things like uh, tips, for example, um, of the spend they're aware of, it's something like fifty eight or fifty nine pounds a head. Um, what do you make of that figure? I'm not sure it is actually a reflection 
on the industry and the service that we provide. Uh, I think we have to take that with a pinch of salt at the moment until we can get some accurate data. What we do know is that this is from actual ticket sales, that if we take um, 2017, then we know shore excursions was over £193,000. Um, Harbour duties was over £44,000. And the private sector, we believe, um, benefit from around £144,000. Now, that is for... Um, around 23 cruise ships in 2017. We now have up to 47 this year, so I expect those figures to be significantly more um, um, this year. But more importantly, this isn't just about local spend. I, I think people do genuinely spend. Okay, they may not actually go into a coffee house, but they do um, actually spend money in our attractions. So if we take like the House of Mananin, um, even the, the Manx Museum, which is free to enter, people will go in there, but then buy something on the way out. I, I genuinely think that the, the local spend is a lot higher than those figures actually portray. There's a perception, though, that people are going to get off and buy a cup of tea and a souvenir, basically. Do you think it's more than that, perhaps? It might be in some cases, but we also know if you take, for example, the crew, we know based on um, speaking to retailers in Strand Street that their activity within their stores is a lot busier during cruise days. So it may not be the case that the visitor goes into Marks and Spencers or into Boots or any other shops in Strand Street, but they will tell you that the crew do. The crew come off that cruise ship and they go and grab their sorts of um, items and put them back on the ship. And they may be not accounted for. If you take the cruise um, ship visitor themselves, as I say, they go off to various destinations. Some of the destinations are free and that's fine. Um, but they will also spend money. You know, yes, it might be just a cup of tea. Yes, it might just be a souvenir. But this is about um, actually having people into our attractions. This is about advertising and showcasing everything that's really good about the Isle of Man and hoping that people will come back for a longer stay, you know, not um, attached to a cruise ship. They'll come independently. It's interesting as well where people come from. Just looking at some of the figures given to me from from Shona and Bash, something like three-fifths come from America. Is that surprising? Well, I, I think, again, at the moment, that is, and that's an antest that's what people looking at um, their sort of family trees and saying, you know, they've noticed a connection. We've That's quite strong in, in when we, we speak to our visitors. But I think that will change when the demographics of the cruise ships coming in. But what we do need to be very um, careful on is making sure that we keep quality, that we don't get quantity. And that is something that um, I'm, I'm reading a lot of stories with a lot of places. If you take likes of Venice, I've just read a uh, fas fascinating article in Venice where the, the local um, Venetians are absolutely against um, these big cruise ships coming in because it's such a big with inward migration of uh, visitors in any one time and it just creating major problems. So what we can do at the moment is we have a fantastic system. We have one cruise ship in or even possibly two. We can cater for that. So we've got to be very mindful in the future that if we do get a deep water berth, that we actually control it successfully, that we don't try and get greedy. We bring in the right level of cruise ships, the cruise ships that we know that we want on the Isle of Man, have a ceiling and say that's the maximum level of cruise passengers we need any given day but then to make sure that our local attractions can accommodate that but also not at the detriment of other people visiting the island at the same time we'll come to the deep water berth idea in a minute mm. um, which is obviously where this is leading but let's talk about venice as the example um, and, and some other 
uh, kind of international examples, if you like, I'm sure you're aware of some. What what are the concerns of locals there? Well, if you take um, Barcelona is another one, and um, Venice is another. It's where they've already got high tourist figures so if you take we'll use venice as an example venice has millions of people visiting every year the, what happens is the cruise ships come in and first they um they cause disruption with regards to the amount of displacement of water which goes down the canal canal and everything else but then you have four and a half thousand people or even more than that in some cases suddenly disembarking the cruise ship at one go which then absolutely creates diff- difficult um, difficulties for businesses and locals to get around and do their own activities. So it is about um, the balance. Now, it is up to the authorities in Venice to deal with that and to address it. I think the other man needs to set a stall out very early on to say, this is what we, this is what we will accept. Um, because we've got to remember the day-to-day life has to continue on the Isle of Man, but there is definitely growth to accept cruise passengers into the Isle of Man, and it, I'm almost certain industries will grow around this once we've got a proper foothold and a deep water berth in, in, in the Isle of Man. We saw some plans recently, um, fairly skeletal plans, but I'm sure you're, you're aware of them, for a potential deep water berth mm-hmm. in Douglas. It's a topic which comes up seemingly cyclically, um, what would your view be? Do you think that there is scope there? Well, I saw, I think you must be referring to the Elliot Brown um, sort of plans. I, I think one of my colleagues said that was a bit left to field. I've not seen them other than what I saw in, in the local news. So I wasn't aware of them and I'm not aware of the proposal. So I've actually not seen any detail. I think what we've got to do is really make sure that if we are having a deep water berth in the Isle of Man, that it pays for itself. It's over a long period of time. More importantly, that we get the positioning of that deep water berth in the right place. And we've got to listen to all sides on this. It can't just be led by, um, you know, the Council of Ministers or within a government department. All views have to be taken in consideration and we have to position that deep water berth in the right place, have the right length on that berth in order to maximise the income. But as you say, not at the detriment of quality and the experience for our visitors. What advantages would it bring? having a deep water berth? Well, as you say, I think having um, gone out on that tender, unfortunately, the Isle of Man Harbour is one of the worst that I've ever experienced. I'm surprised. I mean, I've ne- I don't suffer from seasickness, but I've been seasick twice on our harbour. So I understand the difficulties of getting tenders off cruise ships and onto the Isle of Man. So if we did actually... Um, have a deep water berth and ships can connect to that then it would actually save money for the for the cruise companies as well so that would be a, a very advantageous to them i think um for visitors and actually coming off those ships they can get off a lot quicker and go back on and forth and whatever else it would just make the whole infrastructure and the experience a lot better because the tendering on the isle of man is one of the most difficult and i am a, a cruise a cruise passenger myself having done several cruises so i've known that you know how um, difficult our tendering experience is i think at the minute something like i've lost the figure now i think it's 61 percent of cruise passengers coming to Manx waters get off if you like and go on excursions around the island is it hoped that that figure would sort of dramatically increase if all of the ships could come alongside is that is that what you're sort of implying well I, I think the figure would um 
I think one, you could probably get all of the passions off if need be. 61% seems a, a little low, um, but I don't think people stay on board just because there's a tender. Some people will, but it won't be a large percentage of people. I think people um, would stay on board because maybe they've done something the day before or not really interested in this particular stop. We've all done it, you know, just decide to have a day next to the pool, read a book and whatever. But I feel, yes, it would encourage more people to come on board or to come on, on, on shore. Um, but overall, this is about actually just providing the service. It's a big investment, but that investment has to pay for itself over a long period of time. But there is there are a lot of concerns about the cruise industry, but I genuinely think the Isle of Man does have an opportunity there, but it has to be the right opportunity. Would it pay for itself? Yes, I think it would. I think in respect of harbour duties and if we then widened that out in respect of excursions, um, you know, I think, yes, it, it definitely would because we could potentially have 100 cruise ships in um, over a year, even more than that. But we've got to, as I say, it's all about the quality. We've got to make sure that we're not just putting in three cruise ships a day and suddenly find and then we've lost what we've, we could market very, very successfully. It's all about that balance. But yes, it, it could pay for itself over a long period of time. Mr. Bashforth said um, that we'd sort of hit our limit in terms of the size of boat that you could get right into Douglas Bay. I can't remember the exact figure. I think it's about 129 metres long was the longest they had somewhere in that region. And his argument is that you have something like 200 cruise ships around the Irish Sea this season. Only maybe a quarter of those are able to, to come up alongside. So there's there's a market there already, I think, is the argument to be tapped into. Absolutely. There is an, an untapped market. And that was just saying, I think very, very quickly, the Isle of Man, if it did have a, a deep water berth, it could be seen because cruise ships don't want to go very long distance. So, you know, suddenly going from Belfast or Dublin and suddenly pop into the Isle of Man, then go into Scotland, you know, it, it makes sense. So there is an opportunity there. Um, to actually look at this and explore it. But it does need a lot of investigation. It needs a lot of um, thought to make sure we get the right uh, deep water berth that actually, long for a long period of time, actually is successful. How about the environmental impact? That's another, another argument that's often raised by people who are less keen on the idea. Um, what sorts of work's been undertaken on, on that front? How, how much are you aware about the environmental impact at the minute? I think that's only just coming to the, the forefront now. It's something that, as this process goes forward, it's something that's going to have to be picked up. What is the environment, environmental impact on the Isle of Man by having these number of people coming onto our island, um, doing these excursions, so we'll be using local buses, we'll be using coaches. All of that impact needs to be considered. I don't have any data with me, um, but there is a counter-argument. If, say, for example, we bring in a cruise ship that has 2,000 passengers on it, that's 2,000 people that are not flying off on a holiday if they're just doing one around the UK. So it just needs to be properly assessed. It does need to be factored in, absolutely, because... Um, when we sat and looked at this, say, three or four years ago, that's completely changed to where we are now. Everybody is more very conscious um, on the environmental impact of um, planes, trains and automobiles and everything else. Um, but that will have to be factored in. I'm not sure exactly what the outcome will be. And it's probably maybe one of the very pivotal sort of factors in, in the final decision. But I think 
as from an Ireland man point of view, we also have to look at the economics. We've got to look at the, the economic value this potentially could bring to the Isle of Man. But we also got to be mindful of that um, 2050, you know, zero carbon emissions sort of date that we've set ourselves. So that has, that's very, very high on that agenda to look at. And it, it's not going to be an easy decision. I, I, I'm sure of that. I don't have specific data to hand either, but I think as a generalisation, we can assume that cruise ships in themselves will have a fairly significant carbon footprint. I presume they vary from ship to ship, obviously, but generally speaking, I doubt they're going to be a particularly green mode of transport. Um, Is, I, th- I would probably, I'm not sure. I saw an, um, a documentary the other day on cruise ships. Cruise ships are how they're being built today is significantly different of how they were built 15, 20 years ago. So the carbon footprint of a cruise ship is definitely reducing. Is it reduced enough? That's the big question. How they deal with their waste um, when they're off, you know, around, you know, in the sea has to be addressed as well to make sure that there's absolutely no waste going into any of our waters um, and making sure that we actually support them, these cruise ships and anything they need in respect of um, facilities and services themselves. If there is any evidence that comes to light that they are environmentally damaging, do you think that's enough of a reason to put a stop on the idea of a deep water berth? Well, sometimes, um, I don't know. I think the economic value will be very important. You then have to balance that off with the environmental issues. Um, I'm expecting a very um, interesting debate when this finally comes because even in this administration, the landscape um, has changed so much in the last three years. I think three years ago, I don't think there was very much questioned about the environmental issues of cruise ships. Suddenly, even today, you know, every cruise ship that comes in, you know, people are questioning, you know, these people are coming off. They are jumping on coaches. They are jumping on our um, sort of tourism offerings. So there is a carbon footprint left behind. So the Isle of Man government as a whole is going to have to review that information. And do they do similar to what we've done with the and that's offset the carbon emissions in order to gain the economic value for having that um, sector within our portfolio of, of offerings. Is it time to have that debate, do you think? I think it's coming. Um, I think once we've got a firm understanding on the deep water berth, and we know that if the Isle of Man is going to go down that path, and I think at the moment the answer is yes, the Isle of Man is exploring a deep water berth. If that's the case, then that's the time that we need to question how do we offset any carbon emission by cruise ships visiting the Isle of Man? Do we do what um, the TT does? And that's just get a third party organisation that goes off and we pay them a fee and they then plant trees or whatever else around the world to offset any carbon that's actually caused because of the putting on the TT. Just finally, I know that you've um, taken half a step back from chairing the Environment and Infrastructure Policy Review Committee, especially to do with its investigations into Douglas Promenade. With the state that the prom is currently in, and I appreciate that's a, a temporary measure, it's always billed as being the shop window of the Isle of Man, and especially for cruise passengers coming in to Douglas. Are we going to see a change again in perception and, and in feedback perhaps when the prom's finished as being the, the first the first impression, you know? I think once the promenade is finished, the Isle of Man needs to seriously look at a, a major uh, marketing campaign with regard to visiting the Isle of Man. 
the, the promenade works at the moment, you know, it, it is um, a major distraction and it's not the right shop window that we're seeing. But it wasn't previously either. I was very embarrassed, you know, to, to drive up and down the promenade thinking this is what visitors see. It, 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 was, it needed to be redeveloped and we're doing that. However, at the end of it, we've got to hope that there's businesses on the promenade. We've got to really seriously market the Isle of Man again about saying that we have changed our shop window. It is a great place to come and visit. You know, it, it's something that we need to seriously look at because the Isle of Man will change and it may fit in very nicely with everything else that's going on with the cruise industry and us trying to promote tourism on the Isle of Man generally. We want our hotels full. We want the season to be more extended than it is currently. So there's a lot of people working behind the scenes to try and achieve that. We almost just wish the promenade was finished in order for us to get on with the job that we need to do, and that is to market the Isle of Man as a fantastic location to come and visit and to stay. But we need to do so much more over the next two, three years. Because it feels as though cruise passengers get off the boat and then they get onto a bus or whatever it might be and they're sort of whisked away to, to Peel or to Castletown or to other parts of the island. I don't know, that might might not be true, but there's a, perhaps a perception that's the case as though we're slightly ashamed of, of the first impression on the prom, do you think? Well, I think, as I say, as a cruise passenger myself, I quite enjoy getting off a cruise ship, jumping in a coach, but then enjoying the view from the coach of you know where I'm visiting, looking around the surrounding area. I personally, if I was coming off a cruise ship at the moment, going along the promenade, I'd be quite embarrassed about how the promenade looks. But I know we have to get over this period of time. We need the promenade to be finished. But I'm sure after that, then people will enjoy that experience of war, jumping on a, on a, on a coach, going to Laxey Wheel, but at the same time seeing the horse tram going up and down the promenade or seeing the electric railway, you know, doing going to Ramsey or Snaefell and whatever, and then on the way back maybe getting one of those attractions, going back to the cruise ship. So there is a lot of opportunities here, there really is. But we now have to get over this pain of the promenade being redeveloped. We need other areas to buy into it as well. But I feel at the end of it, I think we really could have something that could be a resurgence. But it needs a lot of input and a lot of support from a lot of people, including the Manx public, because they're going to have to accommodate this because there will be times over the financial, over any particular financial year that there will be a burst of visitors coming in into a particular attractions. But I still feel if we get it right, then it shouldn't be at the detriment of other people, locals or visitors, visiting those attractions. That was Rob Callister, MHK, speaking to me on Friday. He is, of course, the politician with responsibility for tourism. We'll close on some comments. More people messaging in. Thank you very much for all of those. We haven't had a chance to come to all of them. Will, over to you. Yes, thanks, Dolan. Rosemary has messaged to say that her and her husband cruised for many years and often returned for static holidays to the islands they visited. Okay, that might hint, I guess, that people might return here after they've cruised here. Marion has got in touch. She said that she was quite concerned about the pollution coming from cruise ships and that when we've got a climate emergency and whatever, it's not possibly the greatest um, avenue to be exploring down. Um, And she also commented when we read Adam's comment and he was saying that Ray Harmer was being negative about this. She said to remind Adam that Ray Harmer had the guts to go ahead with the prom redevelopment. So she was saying that we should 
Uh, be nice to Ray Harmer about that. Uh, we've also had a message in from Pauline to say, why on earth would we want to increase and ex- exasperate traffic congestion at Victoria Street and Lock Promenade with 1,500 cars pouring into the mix of an already overwhelmingly busy area? Uh, she says that the entertainment complex and parking should be at Summerland, away from the sea terminal traffic and congestion, and improve the sorry visual eyesore that it now is. So those are the comments that we've had in. Dolan? Thank you very much, Will, and thank you everybody for all of your contributions. We've been talking about cruise tourism on the Isle of Man. And as we heard Mr Callister say there, I'm sure it's a topic that won't go away anytime soon. I'm sure it will be something which is subject to a more formal debate than perhaps we see on perspective. But thank you for listening. Take care.